Welcome to the Do Better podcast with your coach and host, me, Stevie Potter, helping you to go from feeling like a smashed packet of custard creams to being a superhuman. To find out where you are right now on the spectrum, go to our show notes and visit the Superhuman Scorecard and start changing your life today. Hello and welcome again to the Do Better podcast. Uh, How are you? I hope you've had a good week. Um, Hopefully you have caught up on the last two episodes and you are currently smashing some goals or at least have a plan in place to get there. If you haven't, go right back to the beginning, listen to the podcast from the start because we've done this in an order just to try and help you get your head around health and fitness in some kind of organised chaos. And there's a little bit about me and my background in there as well. I think the last two episodes in particular are really, really important. So wherever you are in your journey to health and fitness, please make sure you go back and listen to those because it's going to help make things a lot clearer for you in terms of setting your goals and making sure that you are successful um, in whatever sphere that is, not just in health and fitness. Um, The other thing you can do is check out the show notes and get signed up to the Paladins Facebook community. Um, I do a lot in there, some exclusive content about health and fitness. We have a great community of like-minded people in there and there's lots of tips and advice going on. So I do recommend that you join that as well. And also you can sign up for the newsletter with more exclusive content in there and links to all the best bits across social media and the rest of the website and the internet from the Wonder Clinic and from me. So on today's coaching uh, topic, we are going to talk about quality versus quantity. And I'm going to speak specifically about this in terms of nutrition, because one of the things that we see quite often around the internet is lots of advice about what diet to follow, what works. And we have all these kind of very narrow minded um, views on nutrition. And of course, it is the time of year where a lot of people are trying to lose some weight. So it's a really good time of year for me to actually get rid of the guff for you and help make sure that you understand the truth and help you to make sense of it all and do something that's a little bit more logical, a little bit more valuable and a bit more achievable as well. Because often if we're kind of following some of these rigorous restricted diet regimes, we don't succeed with them because there are too many rules. And actually a lot of those rules don't really make any sense. So We've universally agreed among those people that really know what they're talking about that the only way to lose body fat is to put yourself into a calorie deficit. Now, we're not going to argue about that. So if you disagree with that, then you need to log off right now and stop listening because the simple truth is you need to put yourself in a calorie deficit in order to lose body fat. That is just a fact. Negative energy balance leads to fat loss. It's a simple enough concept because if we track our calorie consumption and we know what our average daily expenditure is, we can start to see what numbers lead to weight loss, maintenance and weight gain. And we can play around with those and see what the outcome is. And if you're in a calorie deficit, you will find that you lose weight. Now, some people will tell you that calories don't matter and it's not about calories and it's not about calories in and calories out. It's about avoiding carbs or avoiding fats or feeding the gut. But they're all wrong to argue against the concept of energy balance and calories in versus calories out, because to argue against that is to deny the laws of physics. Energy can neither be created nor destroyed, which we all learnt at GCSE science level. So if you're putting energy into the body and that's all that calories are, 
We talk about killer calories in terms of energy content of food. Don't ask me why. Somebody just decided to make it complicated and rather than use one standard measure of energy for everything, we've decided that the food that we eat actually comes in killer calories like we've got watts and things for other bits and pieces. So um, that's just the way it is. But energy can neither be created nor destroyed. So if you're putting energy in, in the form of these killer calories, then it's got to be transferred into another form of energy, which means you're either going to burn it and use it in daily activity, or you're going to store it as glycogen or fat. Um, You could potentially use it to build muscle, other bits and pieces in the body. But essentially, you're either going to use that energy or you're going to store it. However... A lot of that well-meaning guff that you're getting from misguided voices on social media and the internet and all the other dieting forums and platforms here have at the heart of their message a little shred of goodness. Let me explain. If we look at calories in versus calorie out alone, we ignore the complete concept of health. You might have seen some of those YouTube videos. Uh, there's quite a few out there now where the guy only eats junk food, like uh, those American Twinkies or something, um, for however many weeks, and still at the end of it manages to lose his weight. And that's just proving um, that calorie deficit works. And that's why they do those videos a lot. I think there's even one where he actually shows improvements in some other health metrics, uh, like blood pressure and resting blood glucose. And it's purely down to his weight loss um, on that diet nothing else. But of course, weight and more specifically weight loss is not the only indicator for health. And that's why we need to be very careful when we're only considering calories in and calories out and saying that dieting and counting calories alone and not looking at the rest of the diet, um, why we're encouraging that kind of viewpoint. If we track back to the moments in time when industrialised food production began, we start to see some interesting patterns emerge over time to today. Things like increasing incidence of type 2 diabetes as sugars consumption increases. And remember also that if we look at these kind of preventable chronic metabolic diseases, we don't see them in populations where they don't have access to ultra-processed foods. One of my favourite populations, um, which is talked about a lot by Herman Ponser in his book Burn, which I highly recommend that you all read or listen to on Audible. Um, it's a really good book. It explains why we get it wrong, why we think about exercise um, in the wrong way, um, why it's essential for health, but not for necessarily losing weight. Um and why calories in versus calories out is an important, really important concept, um, but why it doesn't apply to exercise. So definitely read that. But he talks a lot about a tribe that he's worked with um, a lot over the years called the Hadza tribe. They're a hunter-gatherer tribe. Um, and they just don't have the same diseases that we have. Now, of course, they obviously have other pathogens. And I'm not saying that those are better diseases to have. Of course, they are not. But it's interesting to see that causes of death are not the same as they are here when we look at natural causes of death. Um, They don't see obesity in those populations. And it's not due to um, elevated uh, energy expenditure either. So it's worth having a, uh, a read or a listen to his work because it's really valuable in terms of what it can teach us about energy expenditure and the calories in versus calories out um, model and why it's true um, 
and and how exercise is not working in the same way that we we conventionally think it is. But anyway, if we look back at the westernized world, we see this kind of increased uh, reliance on industrialized um, food areas, so uh, highly processed, hyper palatable foods. And we see this uptick in what I would determine as preventable diseases. We have thankfully seen a slight decrease in incidences of heart disease in some nations, perhaps due to a trend in decreased saturated fats. Um, There is some debate among clinicians and scientists about that, Um, but I'll leave you to go and do your research on that. Uh, But we're seeing a gradual uptick in chronic metabolic diseases alongside um, increases in obesity and availability of ultra-processed foods, as as, as well as consumption of these types of foods and drinks. Now, a lot of the chronic metabolic diseases we see we know are linked to obesity. So we know that being overweight will actually increase our risk of disease. However, some of them aren't. And what we can say here is that a common thread with these metabolic diseases and obesity-linked disease is the consumption of hyperpalatable ultra-processed foods. Now let's just stop and acknowledge that not all processed foods are equal. Uh, Chopped canned tomatoes, for example are processed they're a processed food they're not how they would naturally occur in the environment but they allow us a cheap and easy access to a portion of fruit or vegetable deciding depending on what your thoughts are on tomato um it's a fruit by the way um that we can easily convert into so many healthy affordable tasty meals however it's the degree of processing that matters and also when we think about that we do need to think about the fact that a lot of foods that we use in the westernized world, even in what we would term kind of home-cooked meals, do have a degree of processing going on. But it's the degree of processing that matters. And the reason for that is that ultra-processed foods not only often have things added, so sugars and salts, things that leave us really kind of tingling our taste buds for more. Um, they often have very carefully, uh, res- very carefully planned recipes that are tested and perfected over a long period of time to make sure they're really lighting up all the parts of the brain that lead us to want and buy more of those products. And they also have a lot of things stripped away. And that's one of the really important things is not necessarily what's been added to the food. So, for example, if we look at pasta, there's not really anything added to it, but it's had a lot taken away. We've stripped away that whole grain and we're just left with the very energy-dense portion of the grain without the fibre and everything else that comes with it. Fats become trans fats in certain uh, processes, vitamins degrade, uh, fibres removed, and what you've got left in a lot of these ultra-processed foods has become devoid of nutrients, but it's full of calories. So for example, I use the uh, example of a, a white pasta, but we can do the same with white bread. Um, we've stripped away the fiber element so we've made everything a little bit more accessible we've put less in for the gut to feed on so it's less healthy for the gut which we know more and more now is becoming more and more important and what we've got left is quite easy to digest Um, we're going to be able to access the carbohydrate in that food very readily very easily and it's potentially going to give us that kind of quick um, carbohydrate rush so some people would call it you know like a sugar spike um And we're going to get that from that food. Um, We're going to get a lot of calories from that, but we're not necessarily going to get much else from it. 
And when we look at these calorie-dense, nutritionally deficient food-like substances, as I once heard um, somebody say, it's easy to understand how we've ended up with a health crisis on our hands. Not only are these foods adding to our ever-growing obesity problem by screwing up delicate regulatory systems that tell us when we're full, what foods our bodies really need at any given moment, um, when we're hungry, but they're also depriving us of the nutrients we need to create and maintain health. On the flip side of that, it is completely possible to be within healthy weight ranges and still be grossly unhealthy. And that's where we've gone wrong. We've kind of created this weird narrative that juxtaposes itself. We've firstly, on the one hand, started accepting and normalising obesity and poor health and accepting it as a normal part of life, while simultaneously claiming that weight is the only indicator of health. So I think we're very, very confused. We've got people telling us off for fat shaming. And at the same time, we've got people saying that weight is the only indicator of health and not really talking about anything else. So let's clear this up. Number one, maintaining a healthy body fat percentage reduces the risk of preventable diseases like type 2 diabetes and other chronic metabolic disease. That's a fact. We've seen that through studies. When we lose weight to become into a healthy weight range, um, when that, that weight is kind of linked to fat, we see a reduction in chronic metabolic diseases. Number two, controlling calories and maintaining weight is not guaranteeing your health. Um, I'm sure you've heard of the toffee concept. So T-O-F-I, thin outside, thin on the thin on the outside, fat on the inside. Okay, and that's basically referring to people who look very svelte, but actually, if you cut them open, they've got plenty of what we call visceral fat. So fat hanging around their organs, which is doing them absolutely no good at all. And it's really important to acknowledge that just because someone is slim, it doesn't mean they are healthy. And that's where we need to look at the type of food that we're eating and quality, not just quantity. Because the reason those people are slim is because of the quantity of food that they've eaten. But perhaps what's going on inside is more linked to the quality of food. And that is a question that's up for debate. Now, it does just so happen that the healthiest people often don't need to count calories. So they kind of end up being a healthy weight um, and they have very good health metrics, but they're not actually counting their calories and looking at their macros. So how does that happen? If I'm encouraging you all to actually be accountable for the food that you're eating and pay close attention to it, how is it that we've got this group of people that don't need to count their calories and they don't need to look at their macronutrients? Most of these people have grown up eating a really high quality nutrient dense diet. And when we do that, by definition, we tend to be eating less calorie dense foods. We've got a good handle on our gut brain relationship. It's reliable. It tells us when we're genuinely hungry, when we're genuinely full uh, and what nutrients we need at any given time as well. And that's something else that we need to look at is that actually the society we live in where we put so much emphasis on food and where culturally food is really important um, and it's become so much more than just fuel. And we need to acknowledge that. We can't ignore it. But when we live in a society that has that kind of presence of food, it's to be expected that the downside of the, the massive emphasis we put on food is the fact that we have far more unhealthy relationships with food. 
There are far more people struggling with eating disorders. There are far more people struggling with guilt, shame, binge and um, starvation culture and all of these kind of unhealthy attitudes towards food. And that's by virtue of how much emphasis and how much importance we've credited it with. You know, we are quite comfortable with really indulging our senses into our food. And that's great because we have the access to ingredients and processes to do that. But on the downside, we've given it a lot of effort and a lot of energy and we give it a high status in our lives. Um, So just have a think about that, how important food is to our culture. And maybe we can start to understand that people don't always have a healthy relationship with it. And that is going to mean that there are more people out there that struggle to just bumble along, listening to what their body needs, acknowledging that and eating nutrient dense foods. Because if you've tasted ultra processed foods and you've lived off those for a long time, eating healthy foods seems like a chore because you've got to adapt to it. You've got to understand how to acknowledge flavor again because everything gets a little bit numbed and a little bit out of whack by the ultra processed foods that we're used to eating. So if you're counting calories, you're losing weight and you're losing excess body fat or vice versa, but whatever you're doing, you're trying to get into a healthy weight. Remember that it's not just weight that you need to consider. Remember that quality and quantity are important. It's not one or the other. So if Mavis down the road tells you that all you need to do is count calories and you can eat 10 bags of Dolly Mixture a day and still lose weight, she's not wrong. However, she's probably not going to be healthy either because she's going to be devoid of other nutrients. Likewise, if Dave down the road told you that you you don't need to think about calories at all and he lost all of this weight, 10 pounds in a week on the keto diet, then maybe take that with a pinch of salt as well. Um, Because whatever diet plan it is that you're following, whatever works for you, um, and I am going to do a little deep dive onto some of these diets in the coming weeks to help you understand why they work what the principles are and whether they're for you. Um, When we do that deep dive, what we'll start to see is that actually the overarching concept is quality is really important and avoiding ultra processed foods as much as we can is one of the most important indicators for health. So maintaining a healthy weight is important, but thinking about the quality of the food that we eat is also really, really important. So quality and quantity. And I think we can kind of say that for any avenue in life, really. I think you probably knew what the answer was going to be to that strange question that I posed at the beginning of the podcast, which is more important, quality versus quantity. Um, But hopefully you understand a little bit more about why and hopefully that's given uh, given you some, excuse the pun, some food for thought um, when it comes to perhaps losing a little bit of Christmas weight because, you know, we're all human. And I think that's the other thing to acknowledge is that none of us are perfect. Yesterday, I ate a whole bag of Percy pigs, you know, and, and that's fine. It's how you how you treat these these kind of incidents and food and everything else in your daily life what is the overall picture it's not about those tiny kind of incidents that you have it's what your general lifestyle is like um, and, and also what the daily habits are so have a little think about it is your diet uh, nutritionally devoid is the quality good and are you acknowledging what the quantity is because if you're not paying attention to those two things perhaps you are carrying a little bit of excess body fat then it's not going to get any better until you do um, likewise, you can log on to the scorecard. That's going to give you a little bit of an idea um, 
in terms of where you are with your nutrition and whether it's something that you need to work on. Um, And you can also join the group, um, sign up for the newsletter and you can get uh, an intro call with me booked in if you want to chat about that a little bit more and perhaps how you can improve your own diet um, and how we can get you feeling fit, fast and fantastic for this year. Um, Otherwise, I will catch up with you in another week's time. So I hope you have a great seven days between now and then. And remember, if there's anything that you want me to cover in the podcast, please do get in touch. Um, All the links to kind of get in touch with the communities and everything else are in the show notes. And I look forward to hearing and seeing you all again soon. Goodbye for now. Thanks for listening to the Do Better podcast. I hope you enjoyed the show. You can connect with me and learn more about how you can become a happier, healthier and more successful superhuman by contacting me at steviepotter at thewonderclinic.co.uk, following Stevie's Wonder Clinic on Instagram and heading to our website thewonderclinic.co.uk. And you can get started on your journey today by completing the superhuman scorecard via the link in the show notes. I hope to see you all soon.